Welcome to Living a Full Life Podcast. Join us as we explore health topics that encourage raising healthy children, living a healthy life, and living the best life possible. Now, here's your host. Hey everyone, welcome to another podcast of Living a Full Life. I'll be your host, Dr. Enrico Dolcecori, and this week we are going to be talking about concussions. Concussions are no fun. They never are. But understanding them can play a huge role in how we recover from them and how to live after them. Because the most devastating effect of a concussion is the post-concussion syndrome that happens afterwards. We always blame the event. And we think it comes from like sports, football, hockey, a direct trauma to the head that causes a concussion. But we'll review how concussions don't always happen through that. And most commonly, they don't happen through that. And what's left with an undiagnosed concussion or a concussion that hasn't been treated properly is post-concussion syndrome, which can be an array of horrible symptoms from memory loss to chronic pain all the way to sensory deficits. Then the list goes on and on and on. So let's talk about concussions. As a chiropractor, I've seen the impact of concussions on individuals and their overall well-being throughout my entire career. To start off, let's define what a concussion is. A concussion is a type of a traumatic brain injury that occurs when a forceful blow or jolt to the head or body causes the brain to move rapidly within the skull. This movement disrupts normal brain function and can lead to a variety of symptoms. That movement in the skull is when the head is whipped from side to side, front to back, whichever direction it goes in, and it actually makes contact with the inner side of the skull. They can lead to, sometimes on brain scan, we can see the impact through a hematoma or a bleed, but in most cases, we don't. We can't actually see it. So the degree of a concussion is usually rated on the neurological effects afterwards, maintaining eye contact, eye movement, eye tracking. We use the eyes right away, pupil dilation, pupil constriction, and we can measure the timing between the eyes. They should be symmetric and on point bilaterally. So that's the quick diagnosis of it. Uh, a grade one concussion may actually seem and appear normal. Grade two is where you see uh, evident eye disruption. Grade three is lack of some type of coordination. You say, how many fingers am I holding up? You point up two fingers, they say three. So their their understanding has been, and in class four is actually something with, with scanning showing visible injury to the brain. So no matter what class it's at, this is a direct injury to the most important organ in the human body, uh, the brain. So that sudden acceleration and deceleration can also be a concussion. This happens in falls, slips, motor vehicle accidents. That's the most common one we see. They come on in like, I got neck pain, headaches. What happened? Well, I was in a car accident a couple weeks or a couple months ago or a couple years ago. Interesting. And uh, they describe the accident. They say, wasn't that, wasn't that bad? I was in the, I was leaving the grocery store, getting onto a road, made a right turn and somebody hit me from behind. Well, how fast were you going? Well, not very fast. How fast were they going? Couldn't have been that fast, maybe 20, 30 miles an hour. But at that velocity, us inside the vehicle move at that velocity at at that instant. So we forget that motion, that quick whip 
that happens when we're hit. So if we're hit at five miles an hour, our head moves forward at five miles an hour as well. Quickly, it's within a second, but it happens and that has to whip back just because our head is attached to our body. It's just the way it is. And even though we restrain the body through the lap belt, the seat belt, the cars that crumpled, the airbags, everything that happens in there, there is still always going to be movement. And that movement is where the brain is susceptible. It's that quick motion inside the skull. So signs and symptoms can happen on impact and they can vary from person to person. Some common symptoms that happen with a concussion are headaches, dizziness, confusion, memory problems, nausea, maybe even vomiting, sensitivity to light or noise, uh, sleep disturbances, mood changes, and difficulties with concentration or attention. This can happen within hours, days, weeks, months, even years after a concussion, especially the mood changes and the difficulty with concentration. It will decline the longer we go from the concussion date that is not treated properly. So if you suspect that you or someone you know has sustained a concussion, it's critical to seek attention immediately. Uh, health professionals at any ER or urgent care are trained to do the eye guide tests to diagnose concussions. Of course, they have access to scanners, MRIs, CTs. They have all that stuff right there to diagnose properly and chiropractors as well. I often deal with individuals who have experienced concussions. Uh, chiropractic care plays a huge role in concussion management, especially the upper cervical chiropractic care that we do at our office. It includes overall spine and nervous system management, but the upper two bones of the upper neck play of the, of the spine, the upper two bones of the spine, C1 and C2, play a critical role in the stabilization of the head on the body. It's pretty much the direct gatekeeper between the skull and the rest of the body. So C1 and C2, uh, even with unpopular review, don't have discs between them. C1 directly sits underneath the skull with no disc. Its uh, articulation is bone on bone with the skull. And then C2 sits right underneath C1. Again, no disc. Discs play a big role in the spine. Every other vertebra have, have spine uh, have, have a disc between them. And that's for shock absorption, movement, and maintaining the proper ergonomics of the spine. However, C1, C2, and the skull do not have a disc between them. They are... They are stacked on top of one another, bone on bone, to protect the most vital part of the human body, which is the brain stem. The brain stem itself controls the hindbrain. Uh, the cerebellum and the brain stem have all the primal function controls of every single animal, mammal on earth. Uh, the, we all share one thing in common it's our brain stem. It is the fastest relayer of information in the human body. And it controls primal instinct, noise, uh, reflexes, balance, appetite, fear. Like every, everything is controlled right there. Sleep, all of it, all the proprioception, all the sensors that happen in the body relay through the brainstem. So it's a vital part. And it's meant to be stacked on top of one another. C1, C2, and the occiput are supposed to be all stacked to leave a nice tunnel for this brainstem to sit in there comfortably surrounded with cerebral spinal fluid. Kind of like a water balloon protecting something in the center of it. That's how it's all supposed to be. So any movement in that upper neck 
Once we take a force, the neck moves as well. It's called a whip, and the head moves in a whip-lash-type fa fashion forward and back or side to side. And sometimes, in some cases, the atlas and the axis, C1 and C2, move out of position and stay locked out of position for whatever reason. They're just bone on bone. Their articulations work that way. And once they're out of position, it's like a nut and bolt. When you screw on that nut, you put it on nice and firm, the, the screw will stay in place, the bolt will stay in place, the nut will stay in place, and then what you're holding in place will stay in place. If you make it too loose, there's a potential of this to fall off. And if you make it too tight, you can actually narrow the screw. Um, you can compress the screw enough. If you tighten this with a wrench enough, you can actually damage the screw in the middle. So think of that as the, the spinal cord. So if, if the articulation is too tight or too loose or overlap or underlap, whatever the mis misarticulation is, it leaves a narrowing of that canal of the upper neck. And that directly affects the brainstem. And the brainstem are all those symptoms I just described to you, where the dizziness, the confusion, the memory, the nausea, the sensitivities to light, sound, whatever it may be, all happen is because of an irritation of that part of the brain. So we cannot exclude this no matter which way the person was hit or whatever the trauma happened, whether it was the front of the head, the side of the head, those things all impact as well. But we think mo most of the theory says that most of the symptoms happen because of the whip and pulling of the nerves in the brainstem. There's an acceleration, deceleration movement or a stretch of the brainstem and that stretch and the severity of that stretch is indicative of the symptoms that move forward from a concussion. Super interesting stuff. Uh, I've dedicated my entire career to that focus of the upper neck because of how important it really is. Um, rest. So what do we do? What do we do? How do we know if we've had a concussion? What happens if it's been a long time? What if we think, yeah, I've definitely had a concussion. I grew up in the 80s. No one checked me out. I'm now, It's now 2023. Um, how do I know? Brain scans at this point are going to be the ones to show you if you have too much white or gray matter deterioration from that point, or maybe an old um, lesion somewhere on the brain. Hopefully not, but I mean, that's the only way long-term. So all we can go for from here is now really based on the symptoms that we're seeing. So if it's memory or lack of focus or whatever it may be, it could be that you've been living with an upper cervical misalignment since that time could have been the physical impact. We may have upper cervical misalignments due to no physical impact, no slips and falls in our life. And we may have a, an upper cervical misalignment. So the, getting this checked is absolutely the easiest thing you can do. Find an upper cervical chiropractor in your area, look up upper cervical chiropractic. I do the Blair technique. I love that technique. Search the Blair Society online. Look for the closest Blair doctor you have. I also know Nuka. I've got good friends that do AO. The techniques just keep going on and on and on. Knee, chest, kale. There's so many focuses. And there's just, it's all different ways of saying we adjust the upper neck in a very specific way that is super gentle uh, and, and accurate because we know how delicate that area is. And global chiropractic care, the, the most common chiropractic care where we turn and crack the neck and twist and, and do those adjustments, don't adjust C1. They, they don't. And every chiropractor will tell you this. When I rotate your head or I turn your head and I perform an adjustment, I'm not getting C1 to move or specifically moving C1. We're getting a lot of movement in your lower cervical spine and your lower neck and all those discs and joints are making all the crunching noises. 
and that's okay. And those are those are great adjustments for the lower neck. But what we're specifically talking about is the upper neck. And in order to adjust the upper neck, you must be in a static position, meaning face up or on your side or your head turned specifically, and you don't move. And the chiropractor's hand is very specifically placed on the misalignment side or whichever technique they're doing, and the adjustment's very quick and fast. And there is no, uh, usually there's no crack, there's no pop, it's very gentle. You don't feel too much with it, especially with things like nuca. And just uh, describing, because this is a podcast, describing how what the experience is for upper cervical adjustments because that's how specific it really is and it's got to be gentle. So that that's one of it. Then nutrition is the next thing. So when I whenever we help kids, especially in, in uh, high school athletics, that know they've been through a, a concussion or they they presume they've had a concussion or even just a hard hit hit to the head and they're just not feeling well, is the of course getting adjusted. And number two, nutrition. Uh, the omega threes fatty acids are so important for speeding up uh, nerve healing in the body, especially the brain. We actually. Um, go a little bit more deeper than omega-3 and we talk about DHA. The DHA derivative of fatty chain omega-3s is the best for when it comes to the brain and brain development. So in pediatric doses of omega-3s, you'll see if you turn the bottle, you'll see a DHA to EPA ratio and they'll usually be two to one. In good, in good quantities, it'll be three to one. It'll be three DHA to one EPA ratio. All DHA and EPA are, are both omega-3 fatty chains. But the ratio in pediatrics is lopsided more to the DHA because DHA helps in the actual brain tissue. And when, and when we get adult omega-3 supplements, you'll see an EPA exposure, sometimes barely any DHA in it. And it'll be a two to one EPA or a three to one EPA to DHA ratio. The reason I'm going into detail about that is because it's the DHA portion. So very commonly, I will give the pediatric omega-3s to adults that have just suffered a whiplash, a concussion, a hit to the head, drowsiness, dizziness, any type of nerve pain, doesn't have to be concussion, I will give them that for a 90-day to 120-day course. And then afterwards, they can switch to any uh, omega-3 branch that they like. But that's the source. It's usually fish or krill-based, uh, small small fish, krill-based, uh, flaxseed. There's other sources as well if you're vegetarian or, or vegan. There's ways to do that as well. But the omega ratio is what helps. And you want to be doing this pretty much indefinitely daily uh, forever for just good nerve and brain health and even helping with cognition, memory loss, dementia, all these things to prevent those things later in life. Omega-3 branches are very important. So prevention is key and quick quick um, diagnosis is key as well. I run into it a lot of times, people later in life, 40s, 50s, 60s, where they finally get adjusted properly in the upper neck and they've been dealing with stuff like fatigue, chronic headaches, uh, migraines, the sensitivity to light. And then when we talk back about it, like, yeah, I was injured, you know, 10, 20 years ago in a car accident, went to therapy, did therapies, but never they never they were scared to touch my neck or they they didn't want to touch my neck or at the point at that time i was diagnosed with a disc herniation or a disc bulge in my neck so nobody wanted to touch it well upper cervical care is perfectly safe for any type of those diagnosis because of how gentle it is and then when we do it uh it changes their life they become raving fans they they stick with us for the rest of their life it's it's amazing what what impact we can do especially kids adults it all it all happens through there as well so prevention is better than the cure when it comes to concussions. We just don't want to get a concussion, ladies and gentlemen. That is, of course, 
Uh, I made it through my life playing baseball, soccer, football, hockey. Uh, I mean, if you think my parents were cuckoo, um, looking back, yeah. And I didn't wear helmets when I rode my bike down the street. How I got away with, I think, no concussions, I'm pretty sure. I, can, I, I don't remember something so severe, but I did hit my head. So who knows? Who knows? My wife's going to disagree with all that. She's going to say I've had multiple concussions, but that is neither here nor there. That's the point of that. Prevention is key. Wearing the proper equipment. I can't stress this enough for especially kids today. Football, hockey's come a long way. The equipment has come a long way. These kids are safer in this stuff. You got to wear it. Rollerblading, scooters, uh, hoverboards. What's all the new stuff these kids are on? Unbelievable skateboards. You got to protect the head because once the concussions happen now, it's all just damage control from thereafter. So prevent the, the only prevention is just not getting it, of course. Um, that's it. That's concussions. That's how we deal with them. There is hope. If you know anyone that has been in an injury that hasn't been assessed properly, uh, lead them in the right direction. Send them this podcast. Share the links here. Send them to the YouTube channel. Give them the copy and paste the link. Um, give it. Let them listen to this. Find an upper cervical chiropractor in your area. Go to uppercervicalchiropractic.com. Go to upper cervical chiropractor uh, in, in the Google search. Go to the Blair Society. Go check out where the Blair chiropractors are at or any of the NUCCA, N-U-C-C-A. That's the National Upper Cervical Chiropractic Association. Go there. That's a very cool technique, very gentle. Um, and the list goes on and on and on. Yes, I'm biased to the ones that I know, but whatever. They're all great. They're all fantastic. And they can all help people. Even, even functional neurology, chiropractors have that de- dedication. Some of them have dedicated some of their um, education towards that as well. Functional neurology chiropractors as well will even do some extra work with concussion where they don't just upper cervical adjustments. They do light therapy with the goggles. They retrain balance. They have vibration boards. They have uh, balance boards and they do a physical assessment and physical therapy with it as well too. So there's multiple branches of this when it comes to concussion. Just go to someone that's well-versed in it I am. Please reach out to me. I will find you the people around the world that can do this for you because I've been doing it for a very long time. So there is hope. Uh, Get checked. It's the easiest thing you can do. Like I said, as the years go by, hard to diagnose a concussion, but very easy to find a misalignment in the upper neck or a subluxation of the spine or something that could be affecting um, post-concussion type syndrome as well. Stay well, stay safe, stay healthy. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Living a Full Life Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.